Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The title, the title of this word is There Is No Life. No life. There is no life. There is no life. No life. Hallelujah. There is no life outside of Jesus. There is literally no life outside of Jesus. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. You know, you read scriptures and read them and then... All of a sudden, God shows you something different. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Those those two scriptures, the second one and the third one, is a picture of salvation. Y'all ever seen that? I've never seen it. Verses 1 and 2. No, verses 2 and 3 is a picture of salvation. What is man? Man's made out of the dust of the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. He created the earth. Verse 2, the word form actually means worthless, confusion, and des desolation. That pretty much sums us up right there. Without Jesus, we are worthless. We are confused. And we are in desolation. The word void actually means empty. Without Jesus, we are void. We have a big hole. Darkness. Darkness, when you look that word up, it actually means ignorance. Without Jesus, we're ignorant. Ignorant is not a bad word. Ignorant just simply means unlearned. I, in other words, I don't know anything. Darkness also means destruction. It means death, and it means misery. That right there pretty much sums up our life without Jesus. That's, that's us without Jesus. Verse 3, 
And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Light means illumination. Light means the knowledge of God. It's not the sun, because the sun wasn't created until several verses down. Light means clear. It means happy. It means set on fire. It means to shine. See, when God's light come in, order came. Our confusion became order. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the light of the world. We are the light of the world when we got him. We see clearly we're not confused anymore. We have the joy the happiness of the Lord. We are set on fire by the Holy Ghost. And we shine for Jesus. So in those two verses is a picture of salvation. At the very beginning. At the very beginning. See, there is order and purpose for our existence. That's why I said there can be no life outside or apart from Jesus. No life. He created life. He is life. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. John chapter 14, verse 6. This scripture is, I've used it a lot here lately. And it's becoming one that I like a whole lot. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am the life. Anything else is not life. Jesus is life. If we have life, it's because of Jesus. Period. John chapter 10. I have lots of scriptures. Scriptures are good. (laughs) John 10, starting verse 9. Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Verse 9, we very seldom look at verse 9, but where it says, If a man entered in, he shall be saved. Word is salvation. Salvation encompasses not just my soul going to heaven. It encompasses my health. It encompasses my finances. It includes everything about me while I'm on this earth. Everything. Then it says, but this, let's see, and shall go in and out and find pasture. When you're saved and you got Jesus, you find pasture. Pasture, what do sheep do in a pasture? They eat. They're fed. 
So if we're in God's pasture, what are we being fed? The Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're fed the Holy Ghost. We're fed the Word of God. We're fed the wisdom of God. We're fed the life of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse 10 says, The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. What's he killing and stealing and destroying? It's not my stuff. It's the life. He's coming after the life of God in me. He's to take away that hope. The life of God is hope. And he's trying to take that away. Rayshon said, he's coming to take away the life. Luke 8, verse 12. Let's look at that. Show you. Luke 8, verse 12. This is the parable of the sower. Jesus said, those by the wayside are they that hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their heart, lest they should be saved, lest they should receive abundant life. The devil comes after the word. The devil comes after that word. And sometimes we hand it over pretty freely. But he comes after the word that God has spoken. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, I don't know if y'all experienced this, but when we, a lot of times when you get a word from God, God speak to you, circumstances will pop up just the opposite of that word. Trying to cause you to doubt what God said. You'll get a word from God, be all happy, leave church and get into an argument with your spouse. What's actually happening is the devil is coming after that word. He's getting your mind off of what he said onto something else. You get a word from God, your friend that you thought was your friend, all of a sudden, not your friend anymore. It's nothing but the devil coming after that word. We've got to recognize it for what it is. You get a word from God, your children act up. They throw a fit. For no reason. They just throw a fit. It's the devil coming after that word. John 10, 17 and 18 tells us that Jesus laid his life down. He laid his life down. It says, therefore, does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Verse 18. No man take it from me, but I lay it down of myself. And I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Jesus laid his life down so that we 
step into his life. He laid it down so that we could step into the life of God. If he hadn't laid his life down, then there'd be no chance that I could step into the life of God. He laid his life down so that I can step in. He opened the door. Matthew, yes, that, that deserves a thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's laying my life down. Hallelujah. I've told this a lot, but it come back to me. So we got some people that haven't heard this story. Tell you one thing, I had to lay my life down, how I did it. I'm part I'm still laying my life down in case y'all wonder. <laughs> still having still laying stuff down. But we have we've had prayer here on Tuesdays and Thursdays for I think since the beginning of the church. We come and pray. I always like to, if I was off in that afternoon, I'd put my fishing rods in my vehicle, my rubber boots, and I would go down to the bar pits and wade around in the bar pits and fish after prayer. That was my plans. <laughs> prayer, prayer would last about two hours <laughs> until I started making my plans. And then we'd pray for three hours. We'd pray for four, <laughs> sometimes five, and we'd be here for six hours sometimes. The sun's going down. Yeah. I would be mad. <laughs> I'll just tell you, God, I'll give you two hours. <laughs> I should be able to take the rest of the afternoon and go do what I want to do. So I'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm responsible for some of those six-hour days, and I'm sorry. But one day, I finally told God, it took a while. It wasn't instant. God, I'm here to pray as long as you want us to pray. I don't care. I lay it down. If I don't get to go fishing at all, I lay it down. Prayer went back to two to three hours. It did. You know, sometimes we would have long days, but they weren't every time we met to pray. I had to lay that down. It's not that God cared whether I went fishing or not. That wasn't the issue. He wanted me. He wanted me to want him more than I wanted to go catch a fish. Hallelujah. So we have to lay our life down. And for every person, it's different. We have different things we have to lay down. But when we lay our life down, we gain his life, Amen. which is real life. Oh, how sweet it is. Oh, how sweet it is. 
See, we even have to lay down our plans. We have to lay down wanting to be somebody. We have to lay down being successful. Nothing wrong. We have to lay down accumulating stuff. There's nothing wrong with stuff. As long as your stuff don't have you. Nothing wrong with succeeding as long as success doesn't have you. I've seen that one. Not in me personally, but I did. Years ago, I gave a man a word about his job. I remember it standing right up here. I can remember first time I was beginning to even feel the Holy Ghost. There was fire on me. I could feel it. And I gave him a word about his job. It received, he received it. But he let it go. And success overtook him. Wanting to be somebody overtook him. Hallelujah. See, listen, when we try to gain the whole world See what scripture is that? That's in Matthew 16, 20. Did I, didn't, did I get there? It says, for what? Verse 26. For what, what is it a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? See, when we're trying to gain the world, what we're actually doing is trying to fill a void that only Jesus can fill. That's it. When we're trying to gain the whole world, we're actually trying to fill a void that only Jesus can fill. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Only and Jesus. when I read that and I see that, what I actually picture is a, is a puzzle. I don't know what the puzzle is, but you know you always got that one piece. You ever try to force pieces that look like they should go, but they don't go, but... But if you press hard enough, it's going to, you know, that's the devil's counterfeit. There is a piece that fits perfectly in that void, and its name is Jesus. We can force it, and we can stomp on it, and make that piece go in there. We can either take our knife and trim it. We can make it fit, but it's not going to stay. That void can only be filled by Jesus. See, I tell you, God don't care if we have stuff. So I got more fishing rods than I know what to do with. Some of them hadn't been in the water in years. But Matthew 6, 33 tells us that if we seek God and be in right standing with him, he will add the stuff. So it ain't about the stuff. It's not about the stuff. It's about seeking God. It's about putting Him first. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It says there is a way. But Jesus just told us a while ago that He is the way. There is a way. 
but it's not the way. There is not, Jesus is the way. See, man's way to be happy and fulfilled and have purpose, there is a way that man tries to fill that. Then there's God's way. Man's way is temporal. God's way is eternal. Outside of Jesus, there is strife. There's disappointment. There's failure. There's confusion. There's manipulation. And there is comparing. Comparing. That's a big deal. I used to watch a man preach on TV. Liked him. He was powerful. You know, you, and you see that and you want to be like that. I hear Apostle Angie teach and preach and it's like, I want, I want to be like that. I'll never be like that. That's not me. It's not who God made me to be. I'm trying to be like somebody else. Yes, I can learn from them. I can glean from them. I can receive an anointing from them. Who I am is still going to be what comes forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, outside of Jesus, there is strife, disappointment, failure, confusion, manipulation, and comparing. Jesus is not strifeful. Jesus is not disappointment. Jesus never fails, and Jesus is never confused. Jesus never manipulates. Never. And Jesus never compares. He never looked at me and said, I wish you would be like this man over here preaching. Not one time. He never said, I wish you, Brother Ernie, would pray like this person. No. He does not compare. The only thing he says is, let me fill you with the Holy Ghost and I'll turn you into Jesus. That's, that's, that's his goal, to get us filled with the Holy Ghost so that we turn into Jesus. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. God even tells us, choose life. That's pretty awesome. It's awesome that he tells us. It's kind of sad on our part that he has to. But that's the way it is. See, Jesus is life. Anything else is just existence. I don't care how much money a person's got. I don't care. We, we like to watch some of these, some videos and stuff. People own islands. They have their own island. They got all kinds of money. But they're still, according to God's standards, they are, doing, they are just existing. 
because they don't have the life of God. Hallelujah. Any life outside of God is a counterfeit. It's like that puzzle piece. It just doesn't quite fit. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse two. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now. Now is the day to choose life. Now, now is the day to choose life. You see, we receive salvation for our soul. Most everyone in here, I think, has done that. We receive salvation for our soul, but we don't stop there. We have to receive salvation for our life. Every area, exactly. Every area. We receive salvation because salvation... The word actually means, when you look it up, it means to rescue, it means to deliver, it means health, it means save, it means protect, it means heal, it means to make whole. So salvation is not just for when I get to heaven, because when I get to heaven, all of that's already taken care of. That's for living on this earth. But one other thing salvation means, when I looked it up, it means today is the day of God. Today is the day. Today. Salvation means today is the day of God. The day of God. The day of God. Christ our Savior. Psalm 16, 11 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. And that path of life is Jesus. So today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to see clearly. Today is the day to hear clearly. Today is the day to walk different. Today is the day to talk different. To talk with authority. To talk with power. And to talk with purpose. Hallelujah. Today is the day to step into life. Paul said in Philippians 3.13, says, forget what's behind you and press. And press and press. We don't press one time. We keep pressing. We keep pressing. We keep pressing. We're pressing for for abundant life. We just keep pursuing it. We keep going after it. We don't quit. We keep pressing. You keep going after it. Even if you get knocked down, you get get up and press again. You keep pressing. Hallelujah. That's a big thing, Rayshon, right there. The devil knocks us down and we stay there and waller. 
instead of getting up and pressing it again. Getting up and pressing it again. We get up and press it again. We get up and press it again. We don't quit. Hallelujah. That's right, our focus. If we're if if we if the devil can get our focus off of Jesus, we won't press. If he can get our focus on me, on what I can do, on my strength, then he's got me. But as long as my focus is on Jesus and what he has done for me, then I can get back up and I can press again. He knocked me down. I told y'all I taught, I don't know, I taught for probably 10, 15 years on tithing. I taught it for probably 10, at least 10, maybe 15 years on tithing because I know the word says to do that. I know what it says. I taught it and taught it and taught it and taught it. And my checkbook was in the red. But I'm still teaching it because the Word said it. The Word said it. My checkbook didn't say. My checkbook didn't line up with what the Word said. I taught it and taught it and taught it. I never quit teaching it because the Word said, you tithe, he'll open the windows of heaven. I'd stand up here before y'all and tell y'all to tithe because the windows of heaven are going to be open. And my checkbook was in the red, and I had shut off notices. And been there. Then one day, one day, one day after I kept pressing and pressing and pressing, I told, it was after Wednesday night service, I walked up to the altar right there. Apostle Aline was up here on the platform somewhere about right here. When you get a breakthrough, you remember stuff. <laughs> she was somewhere right about here with her back turned. You know, the service was over. I walked up to her, to the platform, and I told her, I said, Pastor Aline, I got to know that God is more than enough. I done got to that point, to that breaking point. We have to get there. I got to that breaking point. She come down here with me, I think, or she called some of the men. I got on my knees right there, and I know Brother Ernie was with me and some others, and I got a breakthrough. And when I got up, I knew, I knew Malachi 3.10 was real. I've been teaching it because it's in the Word. But when I got up from there that day, I knew it was real. I believed it then. Did my checkbook automatically go from red to black? No, it did not. It took a while. But it did. Because I knew it was real. That's what I'm talking about, about when I say press it and keep pressing it and keep pressing it. And keep pressing it. Hallelujah. Paul said, forget what's behind you and press and press and press 
onto abundant life. You press into abundant life. He told me one time I was walking across my backyard. He said, you have to pursue life. You have to pursue abundant life for the rest of your life. In other words, I don't pursue it one time and it's done. It's, it's a lifestyle of pursuing the life of God. Because the minute you slack up from pursuing the life of God, the devil is there to trip you up. He's there. He's waiting. So today is the day to step into life. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, we will have whatsoever we say. So abundant life is in your mouth. It's in your mouth, Rayshon. It's in your mouth when the devil gives you a word. When, not when the devil gives you a word. We don't listen to his because he will, he will give you a word now. He will give you a word. But we don't listen to that one. We let that one go right on through. I'll, in case you think he don't speak to you and give you a word, I'll tell you. The first time I ever danced before God was right over there on the, in the floor. I got brave enough to do this. <laughs> <coughs> and I was happy. The next service, I'm sitting about somewhere about where, where y'all are sitting. I was sitting right there. Praise music going. I heard this voice. It says, you don't have to do that again. You've already proven that you will. Sure did. Just as plain as you heard me say it. I heard it. You don't have to dance again. You don't have to jump again. You've already proven that you will. And I said, oh, no. I know that voice. And that ain't God. I got up out of my seat and got back up there, and it's like, man, no. I fought too long and too hard for that. I'm not losing it. So today is the day of salvation. So what's in your mouth? What you speaking? Today. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, it is. If there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, you can today. You can step into life today. All you have to do is ask him to come in and be your Savior. If there's anyone online watching and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can ask him today. You can just close your eyes and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I confess before you that I am a sinner. And Lord, I just ask that you come in and be my Lord and Savior and lead me and direct me for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. But now, we go to another salvation. If 
you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, which we do, but you want more, now is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. Now is the appointed time. Hallelujah. See, there is another level of pursuit. You know what's interesting about pursuit? Pursuit is proof of desire. We can say we desire God and want God, but are we pursuing Him? That's true in the, in the natural realm. Proof right there in the natural realm. My wife and I met, I'm 21 years old. She's 18, 17. Her mom and daddy didn't, I had a full-time job working at the mill. She just got out of, she wasn't even out of high school. Her mom and daddy wasn't real excited when this man showed up this full-grown man with a full-time job showed up at their door. They sent her to college in Ruston. I don't know, but that's like two and a half, three hours away. But the thing is, I'd already prayed and heard God say she's the one. I didn't care where they sent her. <laughs> I, had, I had a truck. I had a truck, I sold my truck, bought a car. I bought a car for traveling. The truck was for beating around here and cross it and driving down, down old wood roads and stuff. That's what my truck was for. No, I didn't need that no more, not, not at this time. I sold that thing, bought me a Cutlass Supreme. Sure did. Pretty car. So I could travel. I pursued. I pursued. Been married for 41 years. Man. Praise God. Praise God. I pursued on a word from God, though. He said she's the one. Her daddy worked out at the mill too, and he was looking at possibly getting transferred to Washington, D.C. Not Washington, D.C., Washington State. At one time, he was, he was gonna, possibly going to get transferred, and, and she told me about it. It's like, I'm already packing my bags. In my mind. <laughs> In my mind, my bags are getting packed right now. I'm just saying. Pursuit is proof of desire. I'll use myself for another example. I like chocolate, as most everybody in here knows. <laughs> Told you. I have a spot in the refrigerator reserved. For chocolate. I have a desire for chocolate. I'm not consumed with it. I, if God calls me to fast, I can lay it down. 
But if he don't, I'm going to eat some chocolate every day. I'm just saying, I like the stuff. So I pursue it. See, all that's funny. But the same thing applies to God. If I want him, if I want more of him, I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to chase after him. I'm going to run after him. I'm going to pursue him. Hallelujah. I'm going to pursue him. Luke 19, 9, Jesus said to Zacchaeus, this day is salvation come to this house. It wasn't just to Zacchaeus. It was to his house, his family. So we can declare salvation over our family. Salvation didn't just come to me. It come to my family. It come to my house. My house. So if you want to pursue God on another level, I want you to come. We're going to release pursuit. And one of the ways we're going to have to learn to pursue God is to change what we say. Romans 10, 8 and 10. Let's look at that. Because what we say is really, really matters. Romans chapter 10 Verse 8 and 10. It says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt, be, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. God wants to change the way we talk. You know the words, you hear people say, I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't. You know, I can't never could. And could never tried. But I can't never will. So if you want another level, if you want God to change what you speak, you want him to change how you talk, come. Because what we say matters. It matters. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.